The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. And welcome to 1972. Whoa. Don't know why I've got a scary Whoa. voice on. <laughs> In the time machine to the year of Scooby Doo and flares. Flares. And saying mighty, right? That's yeah, things what... were mighty. Rally 20. I rode my Rally 20. It was green. Didn't have a bell. Didn't come with a bell. <laughs> um, no basket on the front either because that wouldn't have been cool. And I was wearing, uh, not jeans, I was wearing denim trousers with an elastic waistband that my mum made and we put an iron-on transfer of cherries on the back pocket to try and make them cool. Didn't work, but yeah. What so, a time. Oh, good time. What if time. you had them today, they would look cool. Probably. No. I, it sounds like Probably. something I wear. That's because I quite like an elasticated waist. I love an elasticated yeah, waist. It's come back, it's come but, back. But you see, now we would wear something over the elastic waist to hide the elastic waist, that's but true. not then. Was it about like quite short, tight? Tees yeah, yeah. With the, I seem to remember a V-necked white T-shirt that had blue edging on the oh, sleeve yeah. and the collar uh, and the neckline, and it had a blue collar as well. A T-shirt Amazing. with a collar. Amazing. Yeah. Body shirts were cool. Then. Body shirts. Mm. Little Body stretchy shirts. things, wow. mostly in brown. <laughs> I had a lot of corduroy and mustard, which, as we've learned today, quite hot to wear. Most of the fabrics. Very warm. Very warm. It must have been cold in 72. It must have been quite chilly. And, of course, the reason we're talking about 1972 is because this is a special one-off pod where we want to talk about um, equal pay because 1972 was the year that New Zealand decided, hey, maybe it's a good idea that we make sure men and women get paid the same and let's pass um, some legislation to make that happen and let's wait until 2017 to see if anyone notices that it hasn't (laughs) really really worked. We got you guys. <laughs> Took a while. <laughs> but yeah, so this is kind of in uh, cahoots with the Treat Her Right campaign, which if you haven't seen, you should check it out at treatherright.co.nz. Basically, all we want to do is, as they say, pay the sisters the same as the misters. It's quite simple. It is. To be honest. It's, but it's, a lot of people are quite confused yeah. because uh, people will say, hey, wait a minute. If you've got a teacher at a high school and that teacher is a woman, she gets paid the same as a teacher at a high school who is a man. And that is true. 
Mm-hmm. But if you're looking at equivalent industries, the industries that are dominated by women, the ones that women work in, often caring industries, mm. as it happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, so may, let's talk about a nurse or a midwife, uh, and they have uh, a number of years, four, what is it, four years of training and a certain amount of responsibility in the job and on-callness and all of those things. And you find an equivalent industry that's dominated by men, like maybe, I don't know, engineering, being a police officer uh the men the male dominated industries get paid a heap Mm. more and that's where the problem is really Mm -hmm. yeah saying it it's simple actually it's not yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's actually very complicated but at the same time that's the very reason why we still don't have pay equity because they passed legislation and just assumed like you say that in the same industries you have to pay men and women the same and that's Turned out it's not really that easy. Yeah. Mm, so we're currently sitting at, just to hit you with some facts, the current gender pay imbalance is 13%. Um, women's average earnings were 61.7% of men's just last year. In some instances in certain industries, there have been examples of women getting paid $7 less an hour than their male counterparts in the exact same job. And then it's also, you know, stratified further in terms of ethnicity. So uh, the hourly pay rate for Pacific women is... $19 for Māori compared to a European woman, $22 an hour versus European man, $25.40. So mm. there is data on it that mm. suggests And like problem. any issue, it's, it's data is where these things bear out and you can actually point to a problem because yeah. everyone has anecdotal evidence that disagrees with your anecdotal evidence and then everyone just goes back to forgetting that it's a problem because, you know, he says, she says, whatever. But here's the data. Yeah. You can't argue with that. Mm. No, and I feel like that was one of the points that you made on one of the podcasts in the past, Michelle, is like talking about pain stuff, this can be a real tipping point for feminism because it's irrefutable you can't deny i mean maybe that they can yell fake news maybe this will be the next problem is like it's just a number it's not like it's a fact yeah like but it seems like this is something that you can't deny this is something that yeah doesn't take a lot of explaining and confusing like you have to be in my shoes to understand what it feels like to walk down the street it's kind of like you know what it's like to get seven dollars less than someone else yeah Yeah. think about that (laughs) absolutely and also, you know, there are industries where, in fact, you're negotiating pay rates and salaries. And then things like unconscious bias do come into play on the part of employers. So mm-hmm. you are, in some industries, getting people who are doing actually exactly the same job where the woman is getting paid less because there's that um, idea that men have more authority or are more confident or more capable or something. There's something that sits in the back of a lot of probably predominantly male employees employers' minds that says that man is more capable, I need her to maybe prove it a little bit more than I need him to prove it Yeah, to be thought of as equally capable. One of those problems is, is that women step out of the workforce every now and then to create new workers. Mm. And so uh, a lot of employers have an attitude that she is likely to not stay as long. So yeah. don't don't uh, promote her further in the business or don't trust that she's going to stay there. But in fact, a lot of the statistics that I've been reading from overseas suggest that women stepping out of the workforce 
to have children is not the real problem for pay equity. Because we do it reasonably briefly mm-hmm. uh, and come back with all of those skills that we, you know, they don't fall out of your head just because <laughs> you pushed a baby out of your self. Um, so, you know, women come back into the industry and then bring some new life experience and some, uh, and, you know, enriched ideas and zero, you know, different, slightly different person and, and all of those things. So, um, so actually stepping out is not such a big deal for an employer mm. and they should get over that mm. idea. That Yeah. And that's not where the iniquity comes from either. It's, um, it's that we don't get promoted really. And yeah. So rather than, I mean, if you even if you've got three kids, you've only t- stepped out for three years, maybe, mm. maybe. I don't and know. you've made three new workers. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> and you should be getting a bonus for creating yeah. the new workers, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, and I your just, multitasking skills in that time have yeah. gone through yeah. the freaking yeah, roof. Totally. Um, just talking about un- unconscious bias, I just wanted to pull up this study because there was they did something at Stanford where they in like the kind of STEM careers where they did an experiment giving people who hire in those positions, um, CVs with equal qualifications, but one is John and one is Jennifer. Yeah. And the study, the, the results of it were the, the, like unanimously that Jennifer was perceived as less competent. If they did offer her the job, they offered her 13% less than John, just straight off the bat. Wow. And this was just in a hypothetical. Just, uh, you're like, you have a chance, guys. <laughs> yeah. But, mm, and, and again, studies like their experiments, like they have been actually proven beyond a doubt in heaps of other industries, like orchestras mm. through all over the world now make uh, people auditioning for orchestras audition behind a screen. And then once they once they started doing that, the number of women in like wow. Philharmonic and Symphonic orchestras rose to fifty percent of that the orchestra. Is That's just amazing. fabulously, irrefutably wonderful. Exactly, mm. you can't argue with that. No. You can't go that went from fifteen percent to fifty because people didn't know the gender of the person playing. You can't blame that on anything other than. No. Unconscious bias. That's yeah. all there is mm. to it. And the people in those industries were happy to do that experiment and accept their mistake and move on, you know, with just creating music. Yeah. yeah. Can we just do that with every? Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying <laughs> to translate that in my yeah. head to every other job. Yeah. Don't, t- yeah, you just, you don't, your gender's not made available to anybody. Yeah. Candidate one, candidate two. Exactly. You, you could just go into a booth for a, your, an interview and have one of those voice distorting voice machines. Or like that dating <laughs> yeah. show they did once where all the men wore like weird iron masks. Yes. So you didn't know what they looked like. <gasps> or animal heads <gasps> or like, yes. Let's it could be that. scary. I think, yeah, the unconscious bias behind interviewing someone in a terrifying mask <laughs> might mean just like no one ever gets It was awful. I didn't want anybody. <laughs> Their voice sounded so strange. <laughs> it was just like Microsoft Sam voice or something, mm. like just Siri. <laughs> and one of the other things that we have to work on, I know I do, is that we women, we uh, tend to um, underestimate our ability and mm. not put, put ourselves forward for jobs that we're not quite sure we can do. Whereas men, according to research, will put themselves forward for jobs that they really don't know that they can do, but they just go, I'll work it out when I get there. Yeah, absolutely. And we go, no, I'm not, I'm only 80 sure I could do it and so we have to push ourselves for that and also ask for ask for what we are worth and I you know I look around at people in my industry of comedy and Mm -hmm. look at the kind of fees that 
the men command and and I'm always there's this little thing in my head of going oh if he's asking for that much I should ask for just maybe two-thirds of that why what what am I doing it's Mm. ridiculous it's yeah so I have to keep reminding myself no it's what you said Leonie that wonderful quote from what's her name Sarah Hagi um carry yourself with the confidence of a mediocre white man (laughs) I'm holding on to that thought so (laughs) dearly just as I walk out on stage these days it's just like no I'm at least as good as Bob yeah 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 and Bob thinks he's awesome 60% 60% actually. Six, if you meet, if a man thinks that he meets 60% of the qualifications needed for a job, he will go for it. Women wait for 100%. And wow, that's, that's quite a disparity. So think about that. Look at all yeah. the white men around and go, 40%? Really? Like, I'm 40% better than you. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically yeah. what it means. <laughs> I have learned over the years to trust that even if I am a little bit doubtful to just go for it anyway. Mm. But that's only because it's proven successful in the past yeah. that I have managed to crib my way through something until I have that full understanding that you need to do a job properly or whatever. Or not even do a job properly, but just get by. But that took me the better I'm 36 and it's taken me the most of my life to get the hang of that. Yeah. Just mm. That I'm 80% sure, you know, I'm yeah. taking it down to 60. My next job I apply for. It's yeah. like, I'm half sure I can do this. I could probably operate it's a crane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing, though. Like, when you're talking about it, that's an active choice and not just like a, a literal choice. That's yeah. something you have to work towards. It's not ingrained. It's not inherent. And yeah. that's the, the big difference. And it's kind of like, I had this, I went to this thing that was um, put on by a, a kind of collective called The Worker, which is about kind of young uh, woman professionals just talking about it's it's more I'd say in the more kind of PRE advertising kind of world but sitting in on their kind of conversations was real interesting because they talked about all that stuff and even the kind of the taboos around talking about pay and salary like mm. how do you do it yeah how do you it's almost like you need to sit in a room and everyone shuts their eyes and you hold up a sign and everyone opens their eyes one at, like one at a time I don't know yeah how do you That's have those conversations I reckon, you know, when you sort of first start working somewhere and then you start to make, like, your work friend, there's usually just, like, one person who, like, you, you get really mm. close to. And then hopefully after a while there's, like, a group, you have, like, really good friends. I reckon once you get to the work friend stage, I reckon it should be normal to say, by the way, how much do you get paid? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you want to swap? Yeah. Swap notes? I'll tell you. You tell yeah. me. Yeah. Men and women, you know. I, I think it's important for men to be sharing this information with other women absolutely it's one of the tragedies i think that we no longer have um unionism as it was mm. compulsory we had, uh, and which meant that everybody knew what everybody was earning mm. right there was a structure and and it was all very open and and you might get bonuses for being super duper awesome but everybody it was a collective understanding of what the work was worth mm. and uh and, you know i would really encourage anybody who is in an industry where there is a union available to them that they join it because that's one of the ways of having that conversation and getting support and backup so I belong to two unions um, Equity for perform- for Acting and the New Zealand Comedy Guild and, and that, that organisation was so 
vital to um, suddenly everybody having a conversation about what do you charge for a corporate gig? Mm. And, mm. and it was between, you know, some people were charging 5000 and some people were charging 500 And you suddenly go, wow. oh, my God, I'm being undercut or I'm, I'm not charging enough or, you know, and so then you have to have this collective agreement, not capital C, capital A, that you share that information so that everybody gets what they deserve. Mm. Mm-hmm. So unions are a good thing, yeah. I say. Yeah, we like unions. I feel like I don't know. I just never even. I wouldn't even know. I don't know how to. How do you get to, to a union as a place? What is it like? I'm. It's so not a part of any conversation I've ever had oh, okay. around employment or work or mm. at school or uni. Like it's just yeah. It's something that happened ages ago to me. Right. And I wouldn't even know. So they still exist. And, you know, there's a journalist's union and uh, you can <laughs> join that. And there's the Writers Guild, which is also really useful in terms of sharing that kind of information for freelancers. Um, and, yeah, I, I, most industries will have a union available to them, but I guess you have to search it out. And the place to go would be the CTU mm-hmm. and say, I work as a fast food worker or I work as a cleaner or I work as a freelance writer and they'll go, here's a group of people who do that too. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of a collecting all the the groups together. Mm. And backing each other up and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Do we have any other cool tips in general, just from like around the workforce, not necessarily just about pay, but there's been a lot of things... I'm going back to that lunch I sat in. I was kind of taking notes about what everyone was saying about little daily things they do to do the carry yourself like it <laughs> with the confidence of a mediocre white man. Even if it's stuff as simple as taking the word just out of emails. Like, I was just wondering. Oh, yeah, the language that you that. use. Yeah, yeah. It's quite different. Yeah, women apologize more. And yeah. we do that just, I think, in life. Mm. But, yeah, I've seen some great examples of people sort of rewriting their at work language and their email language um to sound more like men mm. or rather to sound less apologetic and less like i don't want to interrupt but can you please hand in the thing that we talked about i mean i do think it's important to be direct yeah mm. Mm. i think that actually does make a lot of difference to how people perceive you yeah and that was an interesting thing from this conversation though was like there was some woman who was saying but i don't want to not be myself or like mm. not be emotional or be grateful or be apologetic if I genuinely am like it's this weird kind of thing of like do we just have to flush away like whatever this traditional feminine language is why isn't it that that's valued yeah mm-hmm. or like a balance of not going sorry sorry yeah, sorry yeah, sorry yeah. but being able to be more emotional or expand or say just every now and again I don't know it's it's kind of a balance yeah yeah I think it is yeah it's got to be a, a balance I I often find myself saying in emails or in conversation would it be okay if I asked you to and really I should be just saying I would like it if you yeah just be direct but I don't know yeah maybe it's mm. <laughs> the kind of person I am would it be all right if you because if it's not it's okay I mean, I've had this issue uh, working as an editor when people don't meet their deadlines, which Mm. is every single issue of everything (laughs) I've ever worked on. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I've never, ever said to someone, if you miss this deadline, I won't hire you again. Or this is the third time you've missed your deadline. You've got one more shot, buddy. Or anything like that. 
I always just continue to push, but nicely, to try and get what I need out of the person. But I have wondered over the course of my time as an editor if that means that people aren't scared of me in that way <laughs> that can often yeah. motivate you to meet a deadline, you know? Like, do you lie about the deadline though? Because I, that yeah, happens to I me. I do, and that, even that doesn't work. Oh, okay. What do you mean? Say it's earlier. Say it's earlier than oh, it yeah. is. Because I'll bust a gut because I hate breaking deadlines. I don't, I just, that frightens me. I think the sky's going to fall in. Yeah. And people will die. And, you know, like all the it's theories just, yeah, will die. Yeah. <laughs> well, former editors are the worst because they know that you're tricking them about the deadline. Right. Or rather, they know that you've made a conservative deadline. They're like, yeah, but I yeah. know I can get away with giving you to you. You said Friday, the day Monday. Before How far can I push print. it? Yeah. Editors are the worst. Yeah. But I yeah. hate that, you know, you, you stay up all night and send it to them first thing in the morning and then you don't hear from them for a week and you get back and go, did you receive it? Did you hate it? And they go, oh, no, I haven't opened that yet. Like, I didn't sleep. <laughs> Bastard. Ruining all the secrets. But yeah, no, it's, it's that sort of fearsome reputation that I, I kind right. of want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I wouldn't know how to, how, how to roll that and out in a practical sense day to day yeah. without feeling like I sounded like a bitch. And I mm. don't want to sound like a naggy bitch because I feel like that's how those sorts of requests or demands are perceived from a woman rather than you know she's a she's my powerful editor and i don't want to get on her wrong side i still really respect her though like that's what yeah. i would like yeah but yeah. all i can imagine is someone going oh god she's such a nag so i just use yeah. nice language and i ask again very nicely for the eighth time yeah if someone can handle and do you get thing. it <laughs> only on their schedule do you know what i mean i get yeah. it eventually i mean it was just better than not getting anything handed in at all but I feel like a lot of people are still, there's, not, there's no urgency. They feel like there's no urgency behind my request. So they're Do still just think, taking their time. I'm, try, I'm just, while you're talking, I'm trying to imagine three men sitting in a room having this conversation and I <laughs> yeah. can't make it happen. Yeah. yeah. I'm too nice. I'm too nice. Yeah. My employers don't respect me. I don't want to be a naggy bitch. Yeah. <laughs> oh Has a man ever been called a naggy bitch in the history um, of humankind? Mm, <laughs> no. I'm pretty sure I've called a lot of men naggy bitches before. <laughs> Maybe apart from Leone. <laughs> See, you're fierce to those men. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, I also, um, there was this kind of idea of putting on the persona, I guess, um, was something that I, I heard an example of. This woman wanted a pay rise and she had been working at the company for a really long time, was taking on jobs from her, like senior staff who had left on maternity leave and whatnot. She was taking on their roles but didn't get any pay rise and had been doing it for ages and whatever. And she was terrified to ask um, for a raise. So she asked her boyfriend what he would do. And he said, go in there and say, if you don't give me 60K a year, I'm walking out. And she was terrified, obviously, and like soaked herself up, like kind of all that sort of thing. Walked in, said it, and they went, oh, yeah, of course. Of course, oh, like, yeah. you don't need to have this whole big, like, yeah. thing. It was, like, that natural instinct to just say, this is what I'm worth. Yeah. This is what you should give me for my yeah. skills. It's this weird thing of, like, knowing your worth and knowing that when you're working, it's not, you're, like, it's not a favor. Yes. <laughs> yeah. These are your skills. Yeah, yeah. Who are, is making your boss's money. Like, it's this weird thing of, yeah. I always still feel that I've only recently been able to say no to things that, 
don't pay enough or yeah. don't pay at all. Yeah. For a long time, I feel like we're told to do these kinds of things to gain experience or it's a, it's an internship yeah. or it's a, it's a great opportunity and you're very lucky. And it's really hard to shake that feeling. And that happens so often with women's events too. Yeah. You know, it's the, the times that I'm asked to do stuff for free or for cheap is often for a, a women's event, for a, a conference or a gathering or a, something that women are organising. We're so used to asking each other to do stuff for free and doing stuff for free for each other. And I think that's lovely and kind and wonderful, but um, but it has to stop. We've got to stop doing that because um, then we're stuck in this kind of weird um, thing where we're creating work that doesn't actually pay anybody's mm. livelihood. Mm. And, you know, men don't do that. Men don't decide, well, we're going to have a conference of getting together to talk about what we care about. Uh, do come and speak at it or MC it or yeah. be, be a keynote speaker. Can't pay you. It's just... It's just me and the lads yeah. pulling it together. That's a really great point. And I even think to get a little meta for a moment, this Treat Her Right campaign, it was basically this the video that features all these amazing women dancing. They had to give up their time. They volunteered. All the crew volunteered. Everyone involved in that shoot gave up their time for free. And I just can't help but wonder mm -hmm. if we had a long-standing social problem of being getting paid less, if things would be different or if it had been a male-driven kind mm. of thing. I just, I just don't know. Yeah. I mean, not not that I would expect them to be paying all those women who volunteered because it just financially doesn't really make sense because it was kind of quite a lot of people for, mm. and they would probably get about a dollar each. If you and I think, yeah, a, a, a video that's about a social issue. Exactly. It's not, yeah, it's about changing people's hearts and minds rather than selling a product. So it's not a commercial exercise. No one's profiteering. But you're still that. making a really good point. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Women working for free to talk about women not getting paid enough. <laughs> It's ironic. Yeah, I have to be done. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, we wouldn't wouldn't be having we, this conversation. We wouldn't. We wouldn't be having this conversation. Here's a really interesting thing that um, I find fascinating. When when because I remember the equal pay argument because uh, I was born in '61 and uh, it changed in '72 and. Uh, so around my dinner table at home, my parents who owned a factory that employed mostly women and a couple of men uh, would talk about how they didn't want equal pay to occur because it would mean that they would have to pay more money in wages to the women in the factory and therefore they would have to put up the price of the things that they made and charge more for them. And then the price of those things in the shops would go up and uh, people wouldn't be able to afford them. Mm. Or, you know, that, that bringing more money into the home through women getting more money was going to be um, countered by the price of everything yeah, going up. and damaging small businesses. Or yeah. And that's the same argument for minimum wage, raising the minimum wage and living wages and stuff as well, right? And the so. point is, it didn't happen. Yeah. And it's not how it worked. And, and all the stuff that I've been reading from overseas recently is that when you look around the world at the countries with the smallest pay equity gap, they have the ro the most robust economies and it doesn't it didn't you didn't get the robust economy first what happens is the the more you can work to close the gap between what men and women earn the better your economy functions because all workers are engaged everybody's earning a, a closer to a living wage and therefore you know buying stuff and circulating the money around the economic system mm. so 
and even purely economic terms, it's mm. to everyone's benefit to sense. close this wage gap. And it's as easy as that. Yeah, done. <laughs> done. This should be sorted by now. Exactly. Have a look out the window, see what's happened. Yeah, oh, look, there's a whole lot of women earning uh, 12, 13% more. Actually, no, the sky's on fire. Oh. There's equality. Oh, <laughs> they're toads and locusts. Oh, yeah. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just looking at the timeline uh, because the only time where the equal pay thing has come into effect and worked was in 2012 when rest home worker Christine Bartlett won her case. After working for, how long was it? I think 20 years in the care sector and was only being paid 70 cents above the minimum wage mm. after that long of experience. So she took uh, the company Terran over to court and she won. But that was a that was like a huge victory because they had tried, I think in the 80s, there was something similar around, um, yeah, around equal pay. There was a union, 30,000 strong, um, who claimed that they were getting paid less because they were women and it just got rejected. They were like, nah, fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who cares? So that took, between there, about 20 years for there to be a victory using legislation that has been around for much longer. But yeah, I don't know. It's 2017 now. Mm. I'd hope I'd hope we'd see some change um, before another 45 years. Here's a weird thing that I can never understand is why men aren't really into this. I know. Because it's not like, we're not arguing that men should get paid less. We're arguing that women should get paid more. So anybody in a heterosexual relationship is looking at one of the people in that relationship bringing more money into the home. Why would anybody not be totally into that? Yeah. Get retro. I, I don't, get I don't, I don't get why men aren't more into spend this. Spend it on Sky. Sure. You can spend it on anything you like. She'll, she'll buy you... A better Christmas present. That's right. Because she's got more money in there. Exactly. Yeah, men. Men. If you're listening, if you've got this far through it. Yeah. Come on. Going Treat her right, men. <laughs> mister, look after your sister. And, and, yeah, and, misters. And all kinds of Take to the streets, misters. And many more. If not for her career and confidence, then so there's more money in your pocket. Yeah. So you personally can benefit because that's all that's that matters to you. I'm always looking for that. How can we yeah. get them to just see that it works for them? Yeah. Better Christmas presents, I think, is a good place to start. <laughs> oh, it's so sad. <laughs> but it's true. Go to a nicer restaurant yeah. for Valentine's Day. I don't know. Um, yeah. Do we have anything else we kind of want to... This is more of a starting point, really, because it is still... The conversations are still happening, and like you say, it isn't simple at all, and there's a lot to yeah. talk over. So, if you go to the Treat Right website, there are a lot of really good resources and timelines and things that break it down in a way that is a lot simpler to mm. understand. Because I think that was the other big problem was that it's been quite dispersed all this information mm. and research for a really long time, and so let's all kind of getting grouped together. And there's a viral video. <laughs> I don't know if you can call something a viral video just from the get go, but. Well, if we talk about it, it will be viral. Yeah, it's viral. So we're helping. Yeah. yeah. To Cat, spread the virus. virus. You got to catch it. The videos are so great. They really are. And I think it also is um, very effective laying out everything else that we've managed to do in the time between when the bill yeah. was passed and not in terms of other legislation that has literally changed our society forever. Yeah. Seatbelts. Like, cigarettes. 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 Um, yeah. So in the, in the kind of context it makes it a lot easier to understand. So, yeah, I encourage you to watch it if you haven't Carla already. Carla Barnes' career. Carla Barnes' career, <laughs> which is just doing so well. 
And I'm sure he's just achieved so much in that time. He Born is. the same year. I reckon and he's equal pay legislation. He's earning at least twelve percent more than he was, thirteen percent more than he was. When he <laughs> exactly. Was and I mean look, Dred's great, but the rest of us are doing hard work as well. <laughs> yeah. I kind of really want him to see it and share it. Because yes. I feel like he'd be for it. That's I the thing. Totally. Is, this is the we'd need the male allies as well. You need people who can actually yeah. publicly so if you have a, a man in your life that you think would be into this, this idea of maybe yeah. getting a nice Christmas present or, you know, better golf clubs. like a very practical sense if you have a man in your life who's an employer. True. Mm. Ask him honest questions. Ask him questions about his employment practices, mm. Mm. about how he would feel potentially about viewing CVs without knowing yeah. what the person's name that was or what thing. they look like or their gender. Yeah. Ask him how he gets to clean his glass ceiling. <laughs> yeah. And if maybe he could think about having it removed. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, talk to your workmates about what they get paid. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. Let's put that as a topic of a conversation back on the table. Mm-hmm. It's not, we're going to just announce it now. It's no longer rude to discuss money. Religion and politics over dinner, maybe you can still make your mind up about that. Yeah. I know in my family that was, that was not the done thing over the dinner table. Money. We don't talk about it enough. And no, we don't. Because of that fact, it's 2017 and we're getting paid considerably less. Yeah. Mm. And we're in here in this hot room. We're sweating it out. <laughs> so much over sweating this Sweating it I can't out really, over this I just, issue. I can't concentrate because I'm looking at Leonie's eyelashes, <laughs> which yeah. people will be able to see in the photo that goes with this podcast. Really they are amazing. Um, they're real? I just grew them last night. Sure. Oh, yeah. What have you been putting on them? Is there a serum? Have you got a serum? Men's tears. <laughs> <laughs> that is good. Great place to leave it, I think. Um, if you have any tips as well, or you've got stories or things you want to share with us, get involved. Hashtag OTR pod. We'd love to hear from you so we can continue this conversation on the internet um, or like us on Facebook on the rag something pod, maybe. <laughs> Just Google it. No one knows. Um, thank you very much for listening. <laughs> and go to Treat Her Right and Treat Her Right. Bye. Hey, come later. See ya. Kia ora e te iwi, te aihe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.